and good Monday morning to you. Yes. This is Peter John, and I say yes because every single morning, God makes his mercies new. And I need that. Don't you? And he has a brand new start, a brand new slate. That's why I'm glad that Jesus was able to say from the cross, it is finished. Because that's where it all begins. It begins where it is finished. Isn't that cool? The Christian life begins with, quote, it is finished. And you always got to go back to the beginning. You always got to go back to it is finished. And I think we got to do that every day. Because I think if we're not aware of this, that every day we forget it is finished and we think, I got to do something. But it all begins with it is finished. This is Peter John. This is Monday. This is Rogue Grace. And I'm glad to be here with you for however long you want to stay tuned. Five minutes, half an hour, whatever. Good. Glad to be with you because I'm here for one reason. Not to build my identity or my legacy. I'm here to remind you and me. It is finished. That's what I get to do. And I'm glad to do so. So what we're going to do now, beginning today, is we're going to resume our study in the book of Hebrews. You know, you remember the one we started mm, three or four months ago. The one that we had going on in, I don't know, September maybe. Um, yeah, I took about a three or four month break. Kind of relaxed a little bit. Kicked my feet up. Put my head back in a hospital room for about three months, it felt like. But actually only six weeks, to be honest. But now I want to resume it again, okay? So if you want to join me, I would love it. If you want to join me in this study of Hebrews, that would be great. Because it reminds us, this book of Hebrews in the New Testament, that your righteousness and my righteousness, and by righteousness I mean your all rightness. <laughs> That's what it means, basically. Now, are you all right? Are you all A-L-L right? Your righteousness is not based or not contingent on your obedience. Wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We have a faith unlike any other religion. 
where our righteousness is not based or contingent upon my obedience. Thank the Lord. But on Jesus' obedience and his accomplishment. And when you can go back to that again, I know you've been there before. If you can go back to that again, you are once again reestablishing your frame of mind in that place of peace that comes from knowing you are God's righteousness through Jesus Christ. There's, there's real healing in getting your eyes off yourself, off your performance, off your behavior. Remember the Old Testament story that really exemplified what I just said? It's the story found in Numbers where the people of Israel were wandering they were traveling through the wilderness for those 40 years. And, and they had one instance of a, a real a snake bite. That's what it was. They were getting bitten by snakes. And the reason was because God really withdrew his protection for a moment, for a time, because they were just complaining constantly. And so God said, okay, if, if you think that I'm not doing anything or protecting you or providing for you, I'll, I'll leave you on your own. Lord, please don't do that to me. Please, God, thank you that you won't because I am now in the new covenant wherein it's not even based on my behavior or my moral behavior. It's based on what Jesus is and who he is and what he has done. But anyways, in that story, the snakes started to bite the people. The serpents of discontentment and of unsatisfaction, dissatisfaction, I should probably say, were beginning to annoy them to say the least. And so as they're being smitten by these venomous serpents and beasts, God instructs Moses, here's what you do. You put a serpent, a bronze one, one that you make out of bronze. How Moses did that, I don't know. He must have found some good artists or craftsmen in the crowd. I don't know. But he had a, a serpent made out of bronze and he put it on a pole like God said. And whoever it says looked at that serpent was healed. Now, Check that out. Check that out. It had nothing to do with them examining their snake bites. Thank you, Lord. I've got some snake bites, Lord. You know I do. You know I have some weaknesses, some tendencies, some flaws, and yes, sin. But the key to overcoming those is not by examining them and not by getting wrapped up in them, but putting my eyes on the fact that they were taken by Jesus Christ on the cross. He became, for that moment, a snake, a serpent, because he became my sin. He who knew no sin 
became sin on the cross, the New Testament says. Not through anything he did, obviously, but by taking that, he has healed me of the venom, of the consequences of my own sin. As long as I just look to him and say, hey, Lord, my eyes are on you. Healing comes from taking your eyes off yourself. And that means in anything, by the way. Not just sin, but emotionally, with how you're feeling, with what you're doing. Take your eyes off yourself and put them on the cross. Well, we're just beginning right now to delve back into the book of Hebrews. And when we get back, we will be in Hebrews chapter 3. So I know you have your Bible open in great anticipation. I know you're at the edge of your seat. You can turn there right now. We'll be right back. Justice be done 
was Andrew Peterson, one of the few authors on my Rogue Grace song catalog that I remember. (laughs) So I went with him. A lot of these songs that I knew before my little adventure in the hospital, I don't even know anymore. So I'm just kind of trying to stick with the ones I know, these songs that I know until I review them again, just for your information. Anyways, we're looking at the book of Hebrews, and really, the book of Hebrews is, can be, I should say, summed up with the words, don't go back. Don't go back. But here's the kicker, okay? We all know that. We know that. But... The book of Hebrews is don't go back to the law. (laughs) That's why I love the book of Hebrews. Because I already know not to go back to hedonism. But how about don't go back to legalism? Some Christians, I, I know this from watching others. And probably as much as others as myself. Listen. Some Christians can tend to go back to hedonism and there's a place for warning and exhortation in that area, but that's not primarily what Hebrews is even getting at because many other Christians, many, 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 many other Christians can tend to go back into legalism. Here's how it works. They get saved by grace alone. They're amazed at amazing grace. Their faith is in the simplicity of the finished work of the cross. They see the power in it. They receive the beauty of it. They see their own sin has now been taken away, removed because of what Jesus has done, and they become a Christian. But it seems like, can I almost say inevitably? Can I almost say, I'll just say nearly every new believer hits a point where then they received that, but then they begin to think, now what? That's right, now what? And and that's the trick because I've learned over years now that there is no now what? After the finished work of the cross. Did you get that? 
That's powerful, folks. There is no now what, quote unquote, now what, after the finished work of the cross. I'm going to say that again. There is no quote unquote, now what, after the finished work of the cross. It's finished. That's why he said it is finished. That's what it means. There's no now, take it from here. Now, where are you going to go? Now what? Yes, we do love to do good works. Yes, we want to grow in our understanding of what it means to be holy. But not in order to be righteous. Did you get that? Not in order to climb the, the, the scales of godliness. You can't be any more like the Lord than you are right now positionally speaking because you are righteous and robed in that through Jesus Christ. Yes. Love it. And so really the book of Hebrews can be, in my opinion, can be summed up with don't go back into legalism. That's the book of Hebrews. So let's look. Picking up where we left off four months ago. Therefore, chapter three, my holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also is faithful in God's house. Listen to this. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Wow. He's making, that's, that's right there. Let's just sum it up, he says. You who are tending to go back into Moses and legalism, to find your righteousness with God based on what you do or do not do. You're, you're sliding back into that. And that's why it's so important because there are so many Christians that can slide back into that or get into that thinking, I'm saved by grace and now I do good works in order to get God's favor. No! You can't get any more of God's favor than you already have if you'll simply take it by faith. Just receive it, man. That's, the Lord wants me to pause right now and pray. And I'm going to do that. Father, help those who are right now sliding back or into a kind of relationship with you where they feel that they are obligated to earn your favor. May we just sit back and rest that there's no more favor to be earned. It has been earned by your son, Jesus. May all glory and honor and power belong to him, be given to him, for he is worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, the writer here is saying as glorious or as wonderful as Moses was, 
as beautiful and powerful as his testimony was, the one who is faithful to God, just as Moses was faithful to God, is actually counted worthy of more glory than Moses is. Now, here's something I'd like to throw at you. See if you can agree with me on this. I want you to listen to what I'm going to say and then put it through the grid of scripture for yourself. Because this is what I think I believe and I see in Hebrews and in the Bible. And I hope you do too. But get this. When I read how faithful Jesus was to the one who appointed him, we read here in chapter 3, verse 2. Faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses was. I am really beginning to see Jesus as the Son of God, who is faithful to God, to the Father, above anything else. And as much as he loved his disciples, and as much as he now loves you and me, 2,000 years later, the reason why he went to the cross primarily or first of all was simply because he was faithful to God, his father. That is what motivated him. That is what allowed, made him, caused him to submit and to say, nevertheless, thy will be done. What? being faithful to God the Father. And I would suggest to you this, not primarily for you and me, although that's part of it. And I'm not saying it wasn't in his mind or in his heart, because you see the thief on the cross and it was. But I think what ultimately, first of all, primarily enabled Jesus to lay down his life and be nailed to a cross was simply this, being faithful to the Father, to do the will of the Father. That was the primary, in my opinion, cause or purpose for what Jesus did. I'm bringing that up because I'm saying when you have the fear of the Lord, you are able to do things that you would have never been able to do or would never have done had you not had that fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord doesn't mean you're afraid of God. It means you respect Him, honor Him, and love Him. I mean, the world, the unsaved, they have the fear of the Lord. And if they don't now, they will. But by fear of that, that kind of fear, I, I, I mean terror. The fear of the Lord isn't being terrified of the Lord, but honoring, blessing, loving the Lord. Because of that love, you do what he has told you to do. That's the fear of the Lord. And I think it was the fear of the Lord that caused Jesus to submit and get nailed to the tree. And that was the primary reason he was doing 
the will of the Father. As much as he loves you and as much as he loves me and as much as he loved that thief on the cross, here's why I'm saying this, because there are a lot of things that maybe you don't want to do for another person, i.e. hubby, kiddo, wife, boss, neighbor, I don't know, fill in the blank. Understandable. But when you have the fear of the Lord, you're able to say inwardly, like Jesus said, outwardly, nevertheless, Lord, not your, not my will, but thy will be done. That's the power of the fear of the Lord. And the reason I'm bringing that up, because here in our text, in Hebrews chapter 3, it says, Jesus was faithful to him who appointed him. Just as Moses was, only Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. <laughs> Both Jesus and Moses had the fear of God, only Jesus more so. And you might not feel like you might not feel like being so nice to your parents. If you're a teenager, but primarily, here's the thing, get this, you don't have to, and you're not supposed to do it primarily. First of all, initially for your parents, you do it because you love God. Bailey, my daughter, I'm talking to you. My 15 year old daughter. If she's listening, she will be mildly annoyed that I'm bringing this up, but I love her. She's my oldest. And I'm saying to her, obey me, <laughs> not because you respect and honor me so much as you respect and honor your God, whom you do love so much. Now fill in the blank. When I say Bailey, I mean you, I mean me. When it comes to fill in the blank, your boss, your spouse, your neighbor, whoever it might be that you are, man, I wouldn't love this person probably or like this person in and of themselves, but Lord, nevertheless, your will be done. That's what I'm saying to you. You might have to say at this point about someone God's will be done. And watch and see, he will change your heart. He always does. We'll be right back.
chapter 3. And noting how in verse 2, we are told that just as Moses was faithful to God, so was Jesus. But then it says, verse 3, just to make it clear, it says, for Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. See, that's a, that's a great, wonderful reminder. It's a great insight comparison because you see Moses was great but it says Jesus is greater now this would have caused the reader in the book of Hebrews when it was written to pause to think maybe even to scratch their head because you see they were drifting back up under Moses they were tending to go back up under the law. And you know what? That is not confined or limited to them. That continues on to this day. People who get saved by grace and then tend to go up under Moses. Whether they know it or not, whether that's what they would admit or not, it can happen, it does happen, it will happen, most likely to any Christian at some point. And that's why Hebrews is in the New Testament <laughs> to keep us in that place of simplicity and grace. But you see, Moses was great, but Jesus is greater, we read. Now, there would be some who would read this, no doubt, and say, well, Jesus can't be greater than Moses. And there are some, whether you know it or not, or whether I can admit it or not, or acknowledge it, or even articulate it, you love Jesus, but he can't be greater in your life than fill in the blank. Maybe it's not Moses for you, but it's something, someone, where you love Jesus. You even 
will worship Jesus and you will even admit that Jesus is the King of Kings, but in your everyday life, Jesus can't be greater than your fill in the blank. And the book of Hebrews is saying, no, Jesus is number one. He is the priority. And the reason why we need to be reminded of that is because anything and everyone else at some point is going to let us down. I'm going to let you down. Vice versa. But not Jesus. Some years ago, in our, in our house in, in California, in Dana Point, we decided to, to put some lights on the house. And the reason why for that was for the Christmas season was because the year before, we put some lights on the door and on the palm tree and just a few things peripherally, not much, but that's what we did. And one day we were walking out of the house to the car and when we got in the car, one of my daughters, she's lucky I don't remember which one. No, I do, but I'm going to, I'm going to let her stay anonymous for her benefit. One of my daughters, she was probably around five, six years old, maybe. She said, why don't we get Christmas lights? Come on, put some lights on the house. And I had to explain to her what Christmas really is all about. Well, basically, I was trying to get out of it. But I had to explain to her philosophically, theologically, that, listen, Christmas isn't about what's outside. It's, it's not about outside lights and decorations. It's about what's inside your heart. That's what matters, that you love Jesus and you come to him inside your heart. You have Christmas spirit. That's what I said to her. And she said, but dad, you really need some outside Christmas spirit. <laughs> so we put on lights the next year because <laughs> you're right. But here the book of Hebrews is reminding us in our text. It's reminding us that whether you have outside Christmas spirit like you should, whether I do like I could, that's one thing. But what really is the glory, what really is the peace, what really is reality is what's within, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Pretty cool. We'll come right back and finish up the program after this song. And to the one who sits upon the throne Be blessing and honor and glory and power forever To the one who sits upon the throne Be blessing and honor and glory and power forever To the one who sits upon the throne Be blessing and honor and glory and power forever To the one who sits upon Sing honor and glory and power forever. Be blessed. 
So Hebrews chapter 3 is making the point, the truth, that Jesus is even greater than Moses. You see, here's why. The people drove Moses nuts. At the end, remember that? When he hit the rock and couldn't enter the promised land? No one ever drove Jesus crazy. You have not driven Jesus crazy. He's crazy in love with you, but not crazy mad at you or frustrated with you. That's another reason why Jesus is even greater than Moses. So we'll continue on in Hebrews chapter 3 tomorrow, should God tarry. And tonight, come and join us for our Monday night Bible study with my brother, Ben. You will be blessed. Thanks for tuning in to Rogue Grace. May the Lord bless you. May you remain. May you grow in the grace and knowledge, both of those, of Jesus Christ. God bless. God bless.